ASI The Journey from Sexual Addiction to Sexual Integrity My name is Russ Shaw. In 08, my goal is to give you some realistic steps towards application and strategy. I want to help you beat this monster. I want to help you put the boxing gloves on or take the boxing gloves off, get your knuckles bloody a little bit, and show you that daily. I want to give you something that you can apply in your everyday walking around, doing life. I'm going to equip you for the battle that you're going to fight. In every show, I will give you a new strategy, a new application. Episode 53, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. Happy New Year. Hey, it's it's 08. It is 2008 right now, people. How you doing? Check it out. Are you ready for the new year? Are you ready to dive into another year, another mark on the calendar? Time is ticking by, as we say. Wanted to uh, talk about a few things on the show. We'll talk about the new year. Um, I also wanted to point out a couple things. I've uh, updated the book list on the website and a little more detail to it there and kind of a way to enter into where you're at in your journey and kind of... Uh, grab a book off the book list and you know whether you buy it from me or the Christian bookstore or whatever these are books that I recommend that will help you with uh, with your struggle with what you're going through um, the website is asi247.org uh, my my email is russ at asi 247 dot o-r-g please send me an email if if you can this is kind of a listener driven type of a deal I like to uh, do the show based on email based on where I was at the last show I talked about you know kind of the burdensome attitude that I had of man sometimes this is this is heavy and I uh, I was in prayer last night I went to men's group and, and we prayed about this stuff and, and kind of the uh, the picking up the the cross for 08 and and how the, the burden of it is light you know Jesus says my burden is light well it doesn't feel light sometimes and and that's something that you know when I'm taking I believe more of this stuff on myself and not not placing it at the uh, in the hands of Jesus and not letting my heart be uh Involved with with through Christ, and I get too much of my heart involved in it. I guess that's when I I, I feel the burden, you know. I, I feel it, and, and I do, and that's what 
that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is that uh, I feel for you guys and ladies. I, I know this is not a men's club, but one of the, the biggest weight, the biggest burden that I feel and I want to I want to get this across to you is that I've been in your shoes. Okay, I, I do this show not from the point that I'm this this guru or this uh, psychologist or this doctor or or a pastor or priest or you know I, I do this show based on the fact that I have been in your shoes and I know what it feels like and I remember going what is wrong with me how why do i do these things just this weight of 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 the prison that you're in i feel it man i i i look in your eyes i hear in your emails i hear it in your voice it is it is it is a inside your heart is this prison and you're beating your head against the wall going man i'm just i'm not able to do this on my own and and you're not, first of all, I've been saying that for a while on this show, you're not able to do it on your own. But it's breaking down those those habitual patterns of shame that you reach for like a like a gun on your hip. It's breaking down these these attitudes that you have and, and and but I know, man, and that's my burden for you. I hurt. I freaking hurt for you people. I do. I hurt. For some of you guys who are just locked up and you're not free from this, man, you're you're going back and forth and over and over again and, and year after year and you're repenting and this is another new year and you're going, all right, I'm not going to look at porn anymore and how realistic is that? How realistic is that? I, I feel that, man. I've been there. I've, I've fought this battle for 20 freaking years and I remember going, am I really going to do it this year? I can say that. But am I really going to do it? And listen, if you listen to me, and if you do some of the things I'm telling you to do, you can get free of this. I know that that is truth. If you if you listen to some of my instruction, if you do the steps that I've taken, if you follow me through the minefield, I can tell you how to do this, and I can show you how to do it better than I did. Because I screwed it up, and I took a lot longer than I needed to. And I burnt stuff down, all right? My demons inside me burnt, almost burnt my my marriage to the ground, almost burnt my house to the ground, almost destroyed my life because I did not have a grip on my own sexuality. And that's that's my heart, okay? That's my heart for this ministry. That's my heart for you all that are stuck in this. Man, please, don't stay stuck. Please. But I just want, I guess what I, why I'm re, re-saying this, and the reason I do repeat myself a lot, is that I want you to understand on a heart level, deeper than, than psychology and just religion, okay? Deeper than those two things. I want you to understand on a heart level that I, I've been there I know how it feels to be out of control in your own will. I know how it feels to have your your body overtake you in those moments of of, of being alone, of you know trying to I don't know the seduction thing, whatever it is. I know what that's like to be seduced by something that your heart isn't into. 
that your heart's not into. You you feel your heart going, not again, not again, please. I don't want to do this. While the, the, the vampire, the surface thing that you've become goes and does it. That's that's where I'm coming from. I guess that's my heart for you. That's my mantra. That's that is my point of of expertise. That is my niche. You know, I, I criticized a guy named uh, Doctor. Uh, I forget his name now. The guy that wrote the uh, the the Love and Respect book, Doctor Edmund, I, I believe. Um, he wrote a, he wrote a book, and and he said in there that. The Bible says that women should unconditionally respect men, and I vehemently disagree with that. And people can say, well, what credentials, Russ, do you have to disagree with a man like that, who's been a pastor for 20 years, who's, who's you know, he's a doctorate, he's, he's, he knows more than I do. How, what do I have to, to uh, that I have any right to disagree with a man with those kind of credentials? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my credentials are. Um, I, I was not raised in private school. All right, I, I didn't, I didn't have a rosy childhood. You know, I, I don't have rosy, sweet Jesus memories. Okay, I just don't. I, I, the church for me was was painful. Um, my parents went through a, a divorce. My my dad remarried rather quickly to a woman who had you know, emotional problems of herself at the time. And I, uh, I was caught in the middle of that. My, my mom remarried and, and, and remarried again. And I've had a couple of stepfathers that the, the one that I have now is, is much better <laughs> than the first one. But you know, I said, I didn't have a rosy childhood. All right. My, my parents, here's, here's part of my story. All right. I'll tell you this. When I was, uh, I believe I was when I was about 13, okay, I, I was also sexually abused as a kid for, for a while, a couple of different occasions. Um, that's a big part of my story, too. I'm not going to go into that a whole lot. But here's one of the biggest impacts, that one of the biggest heart wounds that I had in my life was that when I was, uh, I, I believe I was about 13 or 14, my mom was done, you know, she, she had enough. She couldn't take it anymore and I, I couldn't live with her anymore. And a lot of this had to do with my stepfather who, uh, you know, didn't like me. Uh, he, he spoke maybe five or six words to me the whole time they were married. He just kind of ignored me and, and stuff like that. Um, so he didn't like me, you know, behind the scenes it was, uh, you know, you needed. I don't know what I don't I don't totally know what what all happened, but the deal was that I was sent to live with my dad in Alaska, and I I knew my stepmother's attitudes towards me because she told me where I ended up on her list uh, of things. Right, I was I was the uh, you know I was at the bottom of the list somewhere down where you know with a dog. You know, she, she would continually tell me the list uh, of priorities of the people in her life, and I was at the bottom of that list, and she let me know it regularly. Um, I, so I, so that was a big heart wound to me. Basically, what happened at that point is I went through a, a kind of a, a an opposite of a child custody battle, right? 
Like when there's a when there's a divorce, and I felt this really ever since I was a kid, ever since they got divorced, and that was when it, when I was seven. But at that point, it really resonated with me that I was caught in between two people who didn't really give a flying rat's crap about the kid that they uh, that they had, right? They were more concerned with uh, who they were married to at the time. So I went through a backwards custody battle. That's that's how I looked at it as a kid. I am I am in a, a backwards custody battle. Um, you take him. No, you take him. You know, so that's where I was at. That's how I felt, and and I didn't. Okay, so so with that kind of a background, with that kind of an upbringing, with that kind of a, I, I quit school. All right, when I was in tenth grade, I, because my parents didn't really care. I, I used to hitchhike around. By the age of seventeen, I was basically a career criminal. Okay, I I had a job. I made a little bit of money back and forth. I never kept a job, but I. Uh, I was, you know, I was a drug dealer, all sorts of stuff I was into. I was a bad dude, okay? I, I did not come from a rosy past. I was listening to a, a show this morning, and this guy on the radio was, was talking about, you know, sexual addiction, and they, you know, they go through their letters and what, what they need, so he's, he does this sermon on, on how to help people with, uh, you know, sexual addiction and pornography use and stuff like that. Because it's a concern. It's a concern in the church, big time. All right? If you're a pastor, you're listening to me, it's a concern for you. It's a concern for your people. And, and telling them, and this is what this guy said, you know, he says that you just need to live out of the Spirit. That's what you need to do. You need to study the Bible more and read and, and, and read and, and have a dedication. All that stuff's great. But you need to, they need to know what that means underneath all that. It's a lot deeper than just... Got to live out of the spirit, you know. What does that even mean? You you tell a jacked up person like myself, Russ, you need to live out of the spirit. You're just not reading your Bible enough. You tell somebody like me that, what? Are you serious? I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. That's just religion to me. And that's a big problem in the church is that we have made a spiritual life about religion. All right? Your spiritual life has to do with your relationship with Jesus. Okay, your one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. Freaking out, swear words. I mean, just, I did not sign up to be gone through a, uh, through a backwards custody battle, Jesus. I didn't. What happened to me? Why? Why? I mean, just wrestling like the Psalms, like David in the Psalms, just going, hey, I do not. I do not like this life that I've been given. I mean, if you're in that place, you don't see the blessings of your life yet. I, I see, I see, you know, a different, I see it from a different perspective now. I have a different worldview. I like the word blood-bought, okay? I don't run around calling myself a Christian that much because I know that there's kind of a negative aspect to it in our culture because so many Christians have drugged the name Christian through the mud, all right? It's like, it's like Amway or something like that. It's, it's, it's got this negative condentation to it that people don't understand. So, and, and here's the deal. The most weighty thing that people have to deal with is God. It, it, at, the, at the center of their being, they have to deal with who God is. That is, that is weighty for them. And they're constantly justifying it. And their self-talk goes round and round and round about it in their mind. 
so I hear a lot of doctors and I hear a lot of psychologists and I hear a lot of pastors talk about something that I call level two, which is just psychology. I heard an atheist psychologist say that, you know, religion is just behavior replacement therapy. And for a lot of people, he's absolutely right. That's why you can't do religion. That's why religion isn't working for you. Okay? If you say, well, Jesus didn't work for me. Well, probably because you were just doing religion. Religion doesn't work for you long term, especially when you're attacking a behavior or an addiction that is four times harder to kick than heroin on a, on a biological level. I want to get your, your resolution. I did a show on that last year. I talked about the definition to it. I encourage you to download that show. But I want your resolution to be that, that you're going to go deeper, that you're going to deepen your soul. And in that process... In that process, friends, you will conquer this addiction. But it takes a deepening of the soul first. It takes throwing out a lot of psychology and a lot of religious jargon. All right? The first century church, right? Paul didn't run to the country and out some some little church out in the woods somewhere to do ministry. All right? He ran to the broken, screwed up people. He ran to Ephesus. He ran to Corinth. All right. He ran to Philippi. He ran to these jacked up, messed up people. And he brought them Jesus. He brought them Jesus. And Jesus was enough. And Jesus was enough. All right. Church in this culture has ran to the country. They ran out of the cities. They left the cities. It's too hard for them. Religion doesn't work in the cities. It really doesn't. People are too honest and raw. That's my uh, resolution for you this year. That's my. Uh, that's what I, I'm challenging you with. That you're done with religion. That you're done with psychology. That you're done with making empty New Year's promises. That you're. That you're actually going to do this, man. That you're actually going to attack this addiction. You're going to do something about it this year. You're going to get a book off the book list. You're going to read the book. You're going to. You're going to take time in the morning for for um, prayer and for Bible study and, and to read the Bible to get it inside you. Here's, here's what I looked at the Bible as. It was like a life preserver for me. All right? It was like a life preserver for me. Um, I, I was not raised in private school. All right? I, I, didn't, I didn't have a rosy childhood. You know, I, I don't have rosy, sweet Jesus memories Okay, I just don't. I, I, the church for me was was painful. Um, my parents went through a, a divorce. My my dad remarried rather quickly to a woman who had, you know, emotional problems of herself at the time, and I uh, I was caught in the middle of that. My my mom remarried and, and, and remarried again, and I've had a couple of stepfathers that. The, the one that I have now is, is much better <laughs> than the first one. But, you know, it's a, I, I didn't have a rosy childhood, all right? My, my parents, here's, here's part of my story, all right? I'll tell you this. When I was, uh, I believe I was, when I was about 13, okay, I, I was also sexually abused as a kid for, for a while, a couple of different occasions. Um, that's a big part of my story too. I'm not going to go into that a whole lot, but 
here's one of the biggest impacts that one of the biggest heart wounds that I had in my life was that when I was, uh, I, I believe it was about 13 or 14, my mom was done. You know, she, she had enough. She couldn't take it anymore. And I, I couldn't live with her anymore. A lot of this had to do with my stepfather, who, uh, you know, didn't like me. Uh, he re he spoke maybe five or six words to me the whole time they were married. He just kind of ignored me and and stuff like that. Um, so uh, he didn't like me. You know, behind the scenes, it was uh, you know you needed. I, I don't know what I don't I don't totally know what what all happened, but the deal was that I was sent to live with my dad in Alaska, and I. I knew my stepmother's attitudes towards me because she told me where I ended up on her list uh, of things, right? I was, I was the, uh, you know, I was at the bottom of the list somewhere down where, you know, with a dog, you know, she, she would continually tell me the list uh, of priorities of the people in her life. And I was at the bottom of that list and she let me know it regularly. Um, I, so, so that was a big heart wound to me. Basically, what happened at that point is I went through a, a kind of a, a an opposite of a child custody battle, right? Like when there's a when there's a divorce, and I felt this really ever since I was a kid, ever since they got divorced, and that was when it, when I was seven. But at that point, it really resonated with me that I was caught in between two people who didn't really give a flying rat's crap about the kid that they uh, that they had, right? They were more concerned with uh, who they were married to at the time. So I went through a backwards custody battle. That's that's how I looked at it as a kid. I am I am in a, a backwards custody battle. Um, you take him. No. You take them, you know. So that's where I was at. That's how I felt, and and I didn't. Okay, so so with that kind of a background, with that kind of an upbringing, with that kind of a, I, I quit school. All right, when I was in tenth grade, I, because my parents didn't really care. I, I used to hitchhike around. By the age of seventeen, I was basically a career criminal. Okay, I I, I had a job. I made a little bit of money back and forth. I never kept a job. But I, uh, I was, you know, I was a drug dealer, all sorts of stuff I was into. I was a bad dude, okay? I did not come from a rosy past. I was listening to a, a show this morning, and this guy on the radio was, was talking about, you know, sexual addiction, and they, you know, they go through their letters and what, what they need. So he's, he does this sermon on, on how to help people with, uh, you know, sexual addiction and pornography use and stuff like that. Because it's a concern. It's a concern in the church, big time. All right? If you're a pastor, you're listening to me, it's a concern for you. It's a concern for your people. And, and telling them, and this is what this guy said, you know, he says that you just need to live out of the Spirit. That's what you need to do. You need to study the Bible more and read and, 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 read and, and have a dedication. All that stuff's great. But you need to, they need to know what that means underneath all that. It's a lot deeper than just... Got to live out of the spirit, you know. What does that even mean? You, you you tell a jacked up person like myself, Russ, you need to live out of the spirit. You're just not reading your Bible enough. You tell somebody like me that. What? Are you serious? I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. That's just religion to me. And that's a big problem in the church is that we have made a spiritual life about religion. 
All right, your spiritual life has to do with your relationship with Jesus. Okay, your one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. Freaking out, swear words. I mean, just I did not sign up to be gone through a uh, through a backwards custody battle, Jesus. I didn't. What happened to me? Why? Why? I mean, just wrestling like the Psalms, like David in the Psalms, just going, "Hey, I do not." I do not like this life that I've been given. I mean, if you're in that place, you don't see the blessings of your life yet. I, I see, I see, you know, a different, I see it from a different perspective now. I have a different worldview. I like the word blood-bought, okay? I don't run around calling myself a Christian that much because I know that there's kind of a negative aspect to it in our culture because so many Christians have drugged the name Christian through the mud, all right? It's like, it's like Amway or something like that. It's, it's, it's got this negative condentation to it that people don't understand. So, and, and here's the deal. The most weighty thing that people have to deal with is God. It, it, at, the, at the center of their being, they have to deal with who God is. That is, that is weighty for them. And they're constantly justifying it and their self-talk goes round and round and round about it in their mind. So I hear a lot of doctors and I hear a lot of psychologists and I hear a lot of pastors talk about something that I call level two, which is just psychology. I heard an atheist psychologist say that, you know, religion is just behavior replacement therapy. And for a lot of people, he's absolutely right. That's why you can't do religion. That's why religion isn't working for you. Okay. If you say, well, Jesus didn't work for me. Well, probably because you were just doing religion. Religion doesn't work for you long term, especially when you're attacking a behavior or an addiction that is four times harder to kick than heroin on a, on a biological level. I want to get your, your resolution. I did a show on that last year. I talked about the definition to it. I encourage you to download that show. But I want your resolution to be that, that you're going to go deeper, that you're going to deepen your soul. And in that process... In that process, friends, you will conquer this addiction. But it takes a deepening of the soul first. It takes throwing out a lot of psychology and a lot of religious jargon. All right? The first century church, right? Paul didn't run to the country and out some, some little church out in the woods somewhere to do ministry. All right? He ran to the broken, screwed up people. He ran to Ephesus. He ran to Corinth. All right. He ran to Philippi. He ran to these jacked up, messed up people. And he brought them Jesus. He brought them Jesus. And Jesus was enough. And Jesus was enough. All right. Church in this culture has ran to the country. They ran out of the cities. They left the cities. It's too hard for them. Religion doesn't work in the cities. It really doesn't. People are too honest and raw. So that's my uh, resolution for you this year. That's my uh, that's what I I'm challenging you with that you're done with religion, that you're done with psychology, that you're done with making empty new year's promises, that you're that you're actually going to do this, man, that you're actually going to attack this addiction. You're going to do something about it this year. You're going to get a book off the book list. You're gonna read the book. You're gonna you're gonna take time in the morning for for um, prayer 
and for Bible study and, and to read the Bible to get it inside you. Here's, here's what I looked at the Bible as. It was like a life preserver for me. All right? It was like a life preserver for me. It just ain't the same. Always new change. New days are strange. Is the world insane? If love and peace are so strong, why are the pieces of love that don't belong? Nations dropping bombs. Chemical gases filling lungs of little ones with ongoing suffering. As the youth are young, so ask yourself, is the loving really gone? So I can ask myself, really, what is going wrong in this world that we living in? People keep on giving in. Making wrong decisions, only visions of them dividends. Not respecting each other, denying thy brother. A war's going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret, it's swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. What's the love, y'all? Come on, I don't know. What's the truth, y'all? Come on, I don't know. What's the love, y'all? This will conclude part one of What Do I Do With My Heart? Here's the application, the strategy that I want to give you today. Something that you can apply to your everyday life. I want you to take some of the stuff that I said in this show and I want you to journal about it, okay? Whether you do it in, in a pen or a paper, um, a notepad, maybe a notepad in your car. Um, I want you to start journaling about what you are going to do with God. Who is God to you? That's the, that's the question I want you to ask. Who is God to you? Why do you believe in Jesus if you're a Christian? And, and especially if you're a Christian, you know, I want you to know what, did you get saved? You know, did you receive uh, Jesus as your personal Savior? What does that mean? I want you to journal about that. I want you to go deep in your heart and ask yourself, who is God and why do I believe? Why do you believe in God? I want you to journal about this. Just start writing, okay? And, and whether you do it in a, in a book or you go buy a little tape recorder or an audio device, I want you to do this. I want you to start to get work this stuff out of you. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to get in prayer about this stuff. Um, wrestle with with your life what what's happened to you in the past and why you deal with intimacy and, and sexuality the way you do so so that's the strategy that I'm going to give you today is to go and journal get make it a discipline there's times you're going to not want to make it a daily discipline if you can you know whatever you can but just do that go get a journal and start writing stuff down until next week Thanks for listening. My name is Russ Shaw. The website is asi247.org. Get a book off the book list. That's another strategy that you can do. Buy a book and read it. Make that a discipline. 15 minutes a day before you go to bed, before you go to work, something. Read one of the books off the book list. I'll give you two strategies today. Do that. My Email is russ at asi247.org. Until next time, leave you with a song by a band named Skillet. Talking about faith here. Until next time.
That is Skillet with Rebirth. If you want to download that song, go to the website. It's ASI247.org. Click on the Music tab, and you can uh, buy this tune right off of iTunes. Uh, it opens up the iTunes software, and you can purchase the, the uh, album if you like. Great band, Skillet. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to it. Until next time, God bless.